Thank you for joining us as we transcend time and space to go to Blythe, Ontario. We're today, we're talking with, who are you? Kathy Nethery. Can you tell us, what was your life like in before times, before COVID-19 came to Canada, came to Ontario and changed our lives? Well, my husband and I are both retired. He's a retired heavy-duty machinery mechanic that worked at the salt mine, and he's been retired a few years, and he took up uh, woodworking, and I'm a retired correctional officer, and I became certified as a full-body reflexologist and deep muscle therapist, so I was doing treatments in my home. We have an extra lot beside our home, where in the summer is a garden, and in the winter, my husband builds a skating rink down there for all the neighborhood families to use. And there's also a hill that goes from our house down to the lot. So it works as a great space for tobogganing. And so in the winter, we would have tobogganing and skating parties, usually in February, and everyone was welcome. And we would offer hot chocolate and cookies. And so that was the basic short version of our lives before. And the pandemic struck. It did. And what changes did you notice to your life and in your community in Blythe? Well, life changed in ways of isolation. Even in the first lockdown, I didn't see my youngest daughter and son-in-law for over three months. And my other daughter and son had jobs where they weren't exposed to other people. So they were in our bubble. We had a lot of family get-togethers for holidays, birthdays, etc. So we missed getting together. It was hard. And also, I had to stop giving treatments during this time. And basically, it was a time of fear because they really didn't know much about the virus yet and how it was spreading. And so... The number of deaths that you saw on TV every day just kind of instilled a lot more fear into you and just for the unknown. But even though the numbers were very low here in Kern County, there was still a lot of anxiety around it. So that's what um, was the beginning of it anyways. There's a difference between urban and rural with this COVID. The higher density areas seem to be more greatly affected than the more remote rural areas with less people. It seems to be a little bit easier to contract, trace, and to deal with the virus in lower density areas. Can you tell us how close are you in Blythe to the nearest hotspot? Well, we're about an hour from London and an hour from Kitchener. Those would be the nearest hotspots for us. And yeah. I'm just outside of Kitchener-Waterloo on traditional neutral territory. I know that we have significant COVID in the large cities around where I am, but to me, the real hotspot is like Toronto, where there's a lot of economic issues, multi-generational families where people are forced to work, low-income areas, and that seems to be the areas that have been hardest hit, the racialized neighborhoods. 
So that's where I look at the hot spots. It's interesting, your comments, they kind of reflect the comments of people we've talked to just about the fear around the uncertainty. And now we're over a year in and we've been able to adapt. Public health has given us some clear direction that it's kind of safe to be outside with people physically distanced. We have masks. We know the importance of hand washing. So we've really evolved. And it seems like we're in a different part of the pandemic now. I've been really, I'm in my Star Trek phase of the pandemic. I am heavily relying on Star Trek (laughs) as a cultural product to consume, to find comfort. And I was thinking about the pandemic in almost every episode I watch. And most recently I watched season four, episode 23 of Deep Space Nine, The Quickening. In that episode, Dr. Bashir ends up on a planet where he combats pessimism and fear while trying to cure a fatal genetic disease, the Jem Hadar, inflicted on a civilization in the Gamma Quadrant. It had been affecting this population for 200 years. It was called the Teplon Blight and it was caused by a virus. Now, Dr. Bashir is not able to cure the people that have the the Teflon blight, but he is able to produce a vaccine that can prevent the virus from being spread to the next generation. So there is an element of hope in that episode. And I think that that's what I am experiencing now is that we're in the hopeful stage of the pandemic where we've adapted to it. Sure, we've got these variants kind of raging. I know in Waterloo region where my bubble is, We now have the B617 variant that was originally identified in India, and it's a double mutation. So it's supposed to be a little bit more severe on our on human health, as well as more communicable. We're in the stage where there's a lot of vaccination in the high density centers. Also, we know that we can gather outside. I look back to the Spanish flu, and I mean, that thing, that pandemic lasted two years, and it looks like this one's on track to do to do about the same. How has your community been dealing and combating pessimism and fear? How has your has your community been strengthened by this ordeal or has it been weakened? Well, I think it's been very much strengthened. After things opened up a bit after the first wave and people were outside and and we could wave to our neighbors across the street, you know, be or beside our place while social distancing. I think we were all craving human connection. And as the warmer weather came, our neighbors across the street, Jeff and Janice, invited us to a surprise 40th wedding anniversary party for another neighbor who was, it was a very, it was to be a very socially safe distancing event in their backyard so we could all sit apart. And that was the beginning of, of a most wonderful thing that blossomed over the last more than a year during COVID. While you see your neighbors prior to the pandemic, You would wave and say hello, but not really get to know them. But now we have become friends. As the warm weather happened, we would gather safely in someone's backyard or outside, share some laughs, stories and beverages, or a fire. And as the fall began, we had one neighbor, Frank, who was turning 80. A socially distanced party was planned in a heated garage, which would become one of the many birthday parties or birthdays celebrated among the neighborhood. There were some fires too, where we would all get together outside. And our neighbors across the street, Jeff and Janice, each of them turned 60 about a month apart. Another couple of this group, whose backyards all face each other, would have a sign made for happy 60th or happy whatever, and place it on their front lawn at night, so when they would wake up in the morning, they would see their happy birthday sign. It was a nice surprise for them. 
when winter came along with the stay-at-home order, uh, Jeff, our other neighbor, began organizing Zoom calls so for Sunday afternoons just to have some social time because we couldn't go out of our houses. It was winter time. It was dark. It was cold. And after a few weeks, you know, visiting, it kind of got, well, what else can we do other than talk? So the first couple organized a bingo. So we did bingo online. And then the next week we organized get to know your neighbor. So we did a series of questions and we had a lot of fun and laughs. And then the next week we played the newlywed game and the one couple's son, Dalton, he dressed up as Bob Eubanks from the <laughs> newlywed game. And he had his little bow tie on and everything. It was a lot of fun. And so there was always um, whoever was organizing the Zoom call that week would deliver little gift bags to each house. So you might get, you know, anything from homemade cookies, cheesecake, beer, wine and cheese ball, chocolates, yum, cocktails. So we never knew what we were going to get in our little surprise bag. And so it was something to look forward to in those winter months of lockdown. And in January, Jeff turned 60, our other neighbor, who's Marion, who's the wife of uh, Frank, who turned 80, she had a birthday as well as my husband. So Larry turned 70 in January, and I got a text saying, make sure he's out on the front deck at 7.05 p.m. And of course, it was wintertime, it was dark. So when we went outside, all the neighbors were lined up on the street and they sang happy birthday to him. And then neighbor Jeff did a 15 to 20 minute fireworks show down at the skating rink Larry had made. It was very wonderful. And I think it's a birthday he'll never forget. Oh, wow. What a positive example. Yeah. While, you were, while you were sharing, it made me think of the birthday signs I've driven by in my travels and where would it tell you that a child or an adult was turning, maybe even how old they were, some people asking for honks, and you'd see people honking. It also yeah. made me think of something that happened out in Oxford County. A farmer sadly developed a terminal case. Mm. And what a horrible time to, what a horrible, there's no good time to have a terminal case of anything. No. But during a pandemic where we already have this isolation, they put a trailer out in one of the pastures and he sat on the trailer looking out and the community drove by and and people would come by in their combines or their heavy equipment and apparently it went for it went for quite some time like hours people driving by a big crane drove by hanging a christmas tree all lit up <laughs> and it's just one of those things that really just touches your heart yeah. to see how even in the pandemic where we have to be physically distanced we don't have to be socially distanced. You mentioned how Zoom really kept you connected in those winter months. Mm -hmm. That makes me think too how the pandemic has really pushed a lot of us to adapt and implement technology in our life. It's exciting to hear how your street, the community became stronger. Are there What other types of things happened on your street? I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. Um, another wonderful event that that was planned was for an older couple who'd had the 80th birthday party, his wife, Marion, said if she was younger, she would put lights on the three tall evergreen trees in her backyard. And another neighbor organized it for one Sunday afternoon. And it was luckily the first snowfall in December. 
and everyone donated any extra lights and all the trees were decorated in about an hour. Neighbor Jeff brought Christmas music and it was a real feel good time. And all the five houses who have their backyards into each other could see all the lights. But when Marion looked out her kitchen window, she said to her husband, there's an army in our backyard because it was a big surprise for them. And it was just something nice to do for neighbors who couldn't do it. And so I should say that this group of neighbors, neighbors ranges in age from new parents in their mid thirties to mid seventies and eighties. We all have different backgrounds, professions and beliefs, but when we talk, there's no judgment if we disagree. This young couple in their mid thirties had a baby girl last June in the midst of COVID. And, and since there could be no baby shower, the neighbors went together and bought a deluxe wooden wagon and Janice made a beautiful blanket for her. So we delivered it to their front lawn as they were on their porch, very surprised. That was a lot of the feel good things, but we did have one sad event during COVID. Our next door neighbor, Greg, who lived beside us, struggled during COVID as his wife was in long-term care. He visited her every day and Greg got a puppy because his wife always loved a cartoon dog named Farley. So he named the dog Farley and he began taking the puppy to the nursing home each day when he visited. It was therapy for everyone in there. But in May, uh, 2020, Greg's wife passed away. The family could only say goodbye outside of her window because of COVID. And after that, Farley was great company for Greg. We would see Greg five or six times a day out walking the dog. Greg was devastated by the loss of his wife. Then on December 16th, Greg suddenly passed away unexpectedly. And this left a really sad hole in the neighborhood. We all, we all saw Greg every day. And so on a Sunday afternoon in February, we gathered down at the skating rink with a tent, heater, and a fire. And we then shared memories of Greg and, and we had a toast for him and the great neighbor he was. And I just wanna emphasize that all these gatherings were within the rules set by our health unit with regards to social distancing and the number of people at the time they occurred. But this has been one of the benefits of the pandemic for me. Instead of having neighbors, now we have friends. Wow, powerful. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing that. It, end of life has been a real mm -hmm. tough one. Yes. My family, we've lost several aunts, um, great aunts and aunt, my Aunt Betty. And to have a Zoom call with the family has been as good as it can get or watching a funeral service. It's been a challenge. And I'm so sorry to hear about Greg and his wife. Mm -hmm. uh, long-term care, the people working in long-term care, helping our seniors, our heroes. I think yes. this pandemic has really demonstrated the challenge we have with respecting our seniors and making sure that people have dignity. That's a powerful story that he visited his wife every day. Then at the end was prevented from being there due to the virus. Yes. it's That's a real tough one. And I wonder if when we get through this, I feel like we're going to have a lot of making up to do in terms of remembering those that are no longer with us. Do you know anyone in your community that's had COVID or passed away from COVID? I only know one neighbor's daughter got it and she was in Ottawa, I believe, or Oshawa up that way anyways, and she did get it. And 
she had a few, I think a good week of not being well, but she has come out of it. Now I don't know, I did ask her mom if she had any repercussions from having the virus, but she said it had only happened a month ago when I asked her, so they haven't shown up yet, but time will tell. It's my bubble. We might've had it last February, 2020. I know my mom and her partner, Jim, we, they both went in for to have their lungs checked. I was really down and out in March, but we were never tested for it. So we will, we will never know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I had one client who was sure she had it the November before and she came to me for treatments and she was very sick, but she pulled through it eventually. And, and, but she was never tested because it wasn't the thing at the time. It was interesting what you said about Greg in those very, your neighbor, Greg, in those very tragic circumstances where his wife's in long-term care, Mm -hmm. he's at home and the benefit of the puppy the benefit of connection with animals. That's another theme we've heard from people. I think about Cameron and Crawford in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. They've said that a lot of people there are really benefiting from having their pets. And when there is a situation where someone loses a partner, a pet, it's not a perfect substitute, but it is a comfort. Right, yeah. And when Greg passed away, we were concerned and the first thing we did was say, where's the, where's the puppy? Where's the dog? And so a neighbor who had walked dogs with Greg picked the dog up. And then his daughter, who has two younger kids, I think 10 and, 10 and 8 or 7, they took the dog, which is perfect because more energy, you know, like Greg was walking it a lot, but it had went to a good home. So that was a good thing. You mentioned how there was a baby born on born on your street during the pandemic. Yeah. That's, I mean, there is a lot of sadness and misery around everything that's going on. But these COVID, these pandemic babies are really a sign of hope. I know our first episode of the pandemic show, we were lucky enough to talk with Meredith Warren mm-hmm. in the United Kingdom. And right. she and her husband had just had baby Patrick. And I know my mom's neighbor, Emily and Phil, they had their second child in the pandemic, a little girl, and she's 11 months old. She was out, mom, the little boy, Charlie, and the little baby, they were out working in the garden. And my mom, you know, she misses her grandkids. She she could see them every day and it wouldn't be enough on the computer. She misses her grandkids. Mm -hmm. I, I hope that the unity comes around thinking about that next generation. I mean, when I look at the headlines, we've got violence, violence in the Middle East that's having a ripple effect of divisiveness around the world. Manitoba, one of the provinces in Canada, is now hit so hard by COVID, they're having to send sick people out of the province. Right. Uh, really sad news out of BC, Canada. Recently, oh. 215 children were found buried on this on the sites of the residential school. So some some sad colonial history coming back for our community to have to talk talk about and heal around Mm -hmm. japan is in a state of emergency and they're thinking that are there going to be an olympics do you think there will be a summer olympics 2021 in japan in the middle of an emergency state of emergency do i think i i don't think there should be but especially with the state of japan i don't think there should be because other areas are trying to do their best to squelch this and 
for for all the athletes to go there and possibly be reinfected and then go back home again that doesn't make any sense to me but it's not my decision kathy it's, it's not my decision either but i can't get my mind around it either no. i know we haven't done a good job as a global community containing this virus virus containing the variants yeah. I guess it's just a testament to the mobility of people and the, the need for people to travel. Who knows? Right. But there have been some good things coming out of the pandemic, too, even from the negatives. Sadly, there's old growth forests being logged right now on Vancouver Island. But oh. on, I believe it was Bruce Colburn's birthday, oh. over 100 seniors stormed the RCMP barricade. I mean, it was just a couple cruisers and the police left. But then they went in and they the seniors, the elders went in to try to protect the old growth. And when I think of the baby born on your street, yeah. the baby born on my mom's street, yeah. I think we're coming into the part of the pandemic where people are saying, okay, we're going to wash our hands. We're going to mask up. We're going to physically distance, but we need to stand up for community and we need to stand up for the hope that is the future generations in terms of people dealing with systemic racism and talking about how black lives matters. I know in yeah. my traditional territory of Baden in Wilmont, Waterloo region, we're having to have that tough conversation. And I know that that's a conversation that's happening across Canada, especially around reconciliation with Indigenous people. And it's great that people are kind of not letting the pandemic slow them down for speaking out against some of these things that are going on in the world that we might need to rethink, Absolutely. especially around protecting the air and the water for yeah. that little baby born on your street, that little baby born on my mother's street. We have our own issues and we discuss them at some of these outings that we have, you know, just because there's different opinions, of course, and ideas and our local newspaper, there's um, obvi obviously some comments in there that make us stop and think, but basically we are pretty very much rural and there's some older thinking from some of the older generation and I, I guess I'm now some of the older generation, but I don't feel like it. But yeah, it's hard to change some attitudes who have been ingrained in people their whole lives. And, you know, things are changing and they're changing for the better, hopefully. And I, I always enjoy listening to your podcast because I always learn something. So I'm grateful. Thank you, Kathy, for those kind words. It seems like the next generation, the younger generation, I'm middle-aged now, the younger generation seems to have really come together. They've got different they've they've got the best of the old way and the best of the new way if that makes sense i wonder how we can empower them to be a little bit more influencers in terms of what's going on because the young people don't want the, the trees clear cut the young people don't want the water polluted how do we empower them and how do we make those changes it's going to be interesting to see as we move forward and hopefully it'll be civil the tough conversations yeah. will be civil and we can ha have safe places where people can agree to disagree. Because I think a lot of times the power of conversation doesn't change people's minds right away. No. But it's like planting that seed. And yeah. then that seed grows and changes behavior over time. It'll be interesting to see. And as we move through this pandemic, what are you hopeful for? What do you think the world will look like in after times as we grind, as we grind through the pandemic? together apart are you hopeful or what do you hope the world will look like in after times i hope that we will remember to slow down and enjoy the the important things that really matter and relationships with your neighbors and with your family and and 
stop the rush, rush, rushing all the time, because look at all the good that's happened when people slow down, like being able to see dolphins and out fish of all different sorts in Venice, you know, and the water cleared up and, and just all the things that have, have shown since the airplane stopped. And, you know, it's just been pretty eye-opening for the damage that we were all doing. Um, so I'm hoping that we can be a little more strategic with those kind of things once things open up again. Yeah, and I hope and I hope for me and this neighborhood that we continue to have gatherings and get-togethers and sharing and and looking out for each other. And I hope that more communities do that. I don't know if that would happen in the city. I want to hope it would. But even like a cul-de-sac who sees their neighbors all the time crisscrossing, you know, but they before just waved to them. But now they could have an opportunity to have get-togethers and open up and make the extra effort to to have conversations and and fellowship and getting together. Yeah, I hope that that we value what we've learned to value in this time. Kathy, I can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Pandemic Show. Stories yeah. of the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Before we leave, one final question. Okay. I've read in the media that the Blythe Theater has plans to open up in some capacity in 2021 to bring people together for theater and the arts to strengthen community outdoor theater productions. Can you shine any light on what we can expect? I've, from looking at their website, we're going to look at a hundred people taught rather than 500 or 400 outside physically distanced, all the public health accommodations. Do you know any of the titles that we can look forward to seeing at the Bly theater this year? I, in the last week's paper, there was a huge um, drawing of the stage they're going to build down in an old soccer field. And it's a great space that goes by the G2 Chief Trail where lots of bikers use it, walkers, everything. And it's in a very lovely area. And it was a great stage that like just the draw up and the mock up of it. So I'm excited because, you know, we have new businesses that started in Blythe and they've been decimated by the by the pandemic because people have, they've had to lock down, you know, and that's all their lost income. So, so many, and you know, if they have that stage there, we can also have the outdoor stage plus once things open up the theater. So yeah, it's great planning. They've done a lot of work to get it ready. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be great for the town. It's exciting that even in the face of all this adversity, we, the people of the pandemic have some things that we can get excited for. Absolutely. Yeah. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us here on the Pandemic Show. Stories of the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for listening to the Pandemic Show. We're all in this together, and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.com. Be a part of our community by subscribing to and sharing the Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Pandemic Show is on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. Stories from the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic. Do you have an interesting Pandemic story and want to share? Email us at pandemishow at gmail.com. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to Giant Value for singing us in and letting us know everything is going to be all right. No one is alone at the Pandemic Show.